It's about the why. So with a big enough why, you'll find the how. You know what I mean? And that's where you take the chances, the gambles, the risk, and things like that. But as long as you have that why that's fueling you, um, everything else falls into place. You find the hard work. You find the discipline. You find the intelligence. The intelligence comes from fucking up and being like, okay, that doesn't work, right? And then going back to the accountability, what can I do differently this time? Hey guys, check out the 2023 Street Cop Conference, April 23rd through the 28th, Gaylord Convention Center. It's going to be the event of the year. Keynote speakers include Rob O'Neill, the guy who killed Bin Laden, Kyle Carpenter, the youngest living Medal of Honor recipient, Navy SEAL Jason Redmond, Fox News host Tommy Laren, Marine Corps Special Forces and Leadership Coach Cody Alford, Sheriff Wayne Ivey, Sheriff David Clark, and Sheriff Mark Lamb. It's going to be one hell of an event. And on top of that, we have all of our instructors and additional instructors from other companies going to be at the event, giving you everything they know for you to have a successful career and get the results you want to get in the field as a police officer. On top of attending the event, you'll get face-to-face time with every instructor attending the event, and all the keynote speakers will spend time with you. we got special events all week, giveaways, nightlife. It's going to be really, really worth your time, energy, and effort. I promise you, you will not regret it for a second. To register for the conference, check out streetcop.com, click conference, and everything you need will be there on the homepage. If you are looking for a room, just click book a room. The block has been sold out at the Gaylord Opryland Convention Center, but there are many hotels nearby within a walking distance of the event. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. We will see you there. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benino, and today's a selfish podcast for me because we have uh, somebody who actually changed my life. A lot of people, if you're from New Jersey, know who this motherfucker is. Um, we both come from the same town. We actually didn't meet until we were in our 30s. Actually, you might have been in your 20s still at that time. Yeah, probably. What, about 10 years ago? I met you in 2014. Yeah. 28, probably 28 years old. Yeah, you're 28, 29. Yeah. I was 31, 32 around right. that time. And anybody who drives the New Jersey Turnpike, Garden State Parkway, Route 33, anywhere they have billboards, you'll see a sign that says Rob Sells New Jersey. And I, dude, I don't want to start giving you fucking like incorrect stats, but he's a big fucking deal. And if you don't think he is, go to the real estate conference where he tries to fucking <laughs> grab his wiener while he's trying to blow a million dollars in craps. <laughs> right? You're a psychopath in the fucking Atlantic City. Not like I used to be. I've toned it back a little bit, but uh, but I've done some damage. You're a, you're a white dude. You're not even like my friend when you're there. Yeah. Like I'm like, yo, what's up? You're like, what's up? Yeah. And like, don't even bother you. Don't talk to me. You're a fucking psycho. Blackjack's an eight-hour shift. Dude, I've, I've, yeah. I'm telling you, I've seen this motherfucker like, he don't want to know nobody. Right. My friend Jeremy went, you know, my, my, yeah, my course, friend Jeremy, yeah, right? Yeah, I went golfing with him. He's like, dude, come golfing. We'll chop it up. Uh-huh. He gets in the fucking golf course. I'm like ready to shoot it. I'm like, we're going to talk business. Let's talk about like numbers and what to... Didn't say a word, played golf like a fucking lunatic the whole time. Didn't utter a peep. I'm like, you're a fucking dick. He's like, I'm fucking focused on the game, bro. He's like, just stop right. talking. It's not about having fun. It's about winning. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> right. um, but anyway, another of my pal here, uh, Rob Dukansky. So, dude, tell us uh, you know, a little about who you are in your background, bro. I know you're going to be fucking modest as fuck. And don't make me make you not modest. I mean, it's a modest, it's a modest story. You know, I don't think it's anything... Uh you know, no different than you, right? Um, I born and raised in, uh, in Jersey, but uh, son of immigrants, parents came from Poland. Uh, my grandfather brought my dad over here and his siblings uh, when he was in high school. He met my mom in her 20s and uh, they moved here and just did the, uh, you know, just the, the hard work and immigrant thing, you know, and, and 
That, that's the story. They raised me um, only speaking Polish. I didn't speak English. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, too. yeah. So uh, when I started school, I was definitely behind. I just slept in class, couldn't understand a word they were saying. No shit. Dude. Yeah, my parents figured if I learned Polish, as long as it wasn't like a half moron, I'd learn English eventually. So I was like developmentally, developmentally delayed uh, until I got to kind of like third or fourth grade. And then uh, next thing you know, I got some traction. And, oh, shit, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did yeah. see your brother too? Well, my brother... You know, the thing was, my brother wasn't raised um, or wasn't babysat by the same people that babysat me. At that point, we had like more of the Americanized kind of babysitters who's my little brother. So for me, it was a little bit more authentic, Polish, grandparents raising me, things like that. Got away from him a little bit. So uh, not as Polish as me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was something. I wouldn't change it for the world, you know? I wouldn't change it for the world. It was great. And dude, your your mother retired from the post office, right? Your father from FedEx. That's right. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. We grew up in the same town. And what people don't know about Rob is Rob is a uh, real estate uh, super fucking hero in the state of New Jersey. People uh, literally worship the ground he walks on and try to pick up any fucking advice they can from him, uh, yeah. which I'm sure it gets daunting after a while trying to have everybody try to suck fucking juice out of you. Because when you have it, I mean, let's face facts, dude. With all humility, you have a lot of success. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the the awards, the notoriety, all that shit. And, I, and, and the important thing I want people to know is why I have him on this show is that he changed my life. And I've tried to convey this to him a hundred fucking times. He never wants to hear it because he's a modest <laughs> motherfucker. But I don't think he intentionally changed my life. I think I just got to see a different side of life and business and behavior than what I was used to from a guy who grew up in the same town that I grew up in, which was lower middle class. Sure. I mean, everybody's lower, lower middle class. The things mm -hmm. that were condoned growing up in the town that we grew up in were kind of absurd now as you're an adult and you're looking at some of that shit. You're just like, dude, I remember like my going to my parent, my friend's house and the Spice Channel being on and there's like parents just being there, mm -hmm. right? They just didn't care. They're like, yeah, right. whatever. You guys can watch porn. We're like 11. Right. You guys can watch porn if you want. Right. Like shit that you wouldn't see. You know, in most plays, like it was just a fucking weird. Like, I think everybody in my neighborhood's dad was a lunatic, mm -hmm. right? Like, I can remember all my friends' fathers being psychos, right? Yep, dude. Like, and that was it, dude. And, like, they all get together and fucking listen. They were great people. I'm just Absolutely. saying, like, it was a different. So, to see the level of success that you had, dude, from there is is interesting. So, you know, I don't know how you did in high school because I'm a few years older than you, and we were separated then. But tell me about that journey. Let's go right into. You're at high school, you're hustling. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are hustlers and they want to know about business. We do Love small it. business podcast shit. Sure. Um, we have people on who are in business. We've done things like giving them advice and where they should go next and try to collab. So tell us about that, dude. I know you were, you were hustling shit in high school and, and how that transformed into like what you did after school. Absolutely. Um, so I'd say it all goes back to kind of how we were raised and, uh, and uh, basically, you know, our, you know the deal, right? It, our parents worked hard. They paid the bills, save up all year, you know, afford a vacation, right? Afford a little bit extra, but not too much else to go around. You eat home every day. You don't waste money. You save what you can. Um, so whenever I wanted something, me and my brother wanted something, we normally had to go work for it, right? And that's what we were taught. Our parents were like, all right, you want to go work for it, right? So of course, when you're a kid, it's raking leaves, cutting grass, shoveling snow, right? That's it. Um, and then from there, you know, you get the jobs, but even with the jobs, I had hustles going. So I always had a few things floating at once. Um, in high school, we started, uh, you know, burning CDs, burning Dreamcast games, modding PlayStations, you know, anything I could sell in school, candy, right? All that type of stuff. Um, 
just kind of any way you could kind of, you know, make things happen, add value, right? You know, you're giving someone a good deal and you get something in return. It's a win-win. <laughs> I love it's it, a dude. win-win, yeah. I, dude, I, I can't tell you many things I was fucking doing. And I tell people, like, I was working. I had no perspective. Nobody ever, like, the internet wasn't around. I tell people right. in class sometimes, like, guys, there was no resources in the early 2000s, late yeah. 90s. Like, unless you were going to the library or... Yeah. At that time, maybe Barnes & Noble started picking. They were starting to open. Okay. They weren't closing, right? Yeah. How long has Barnes & Noble been open? I imagine the 90s is when they started opening, right? I used to go there in high school. Yeah, late 90s to – so I didn't want to buy the books. I didn't have the money. For, I, I mean, I, I could save up for a book, but I didn't want to spend the money on all the books I wanted to buy. Right. Go there, buy a coffee, and I'd read what I wanted to read to learn about business and real estate and That's things cool, like dude. that. Yeah. I want to go into that, Sit too. Sit there for hours, yeah. Dude, I, I had so many hustles that, again, yeah. I can't even talk about some of those things. Sure. I don't want to say, I'm not saying selling drugs. Yeah. Uh, but I am saying that, like, I did work at a lot of places yeah. that probably their inventory probably wasn't doing super hot. I get it. Uh, dude, I remember, like, my parents coming down in the basement to my parents' house. And my father's like, why do we have two gallons of honey mustard sauce in a basement? Uh -huh. yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I Work had a little extra. What yeah. did I tell you? Well, that was fucking 35, 25 years ago. I'm sure the statute of limitations is up on that. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, so we're good then. Dude, we're talking about times when I was 14, 15. We're telling sure. stories from when we were kids 25, 30 years ago. I think yeah. everybody has a story. Sure. Um, you know, I don't do things that are illegal now. It's just, there's that saying, like, if if, if criminals knew how easy it was to make money legit, uh -huh. they would probably all go legit. Right. Right? Because right. once you start understanding the momentum of, of developing and making revenue in a business sense, uh, you know, once you understand it, do you think you could ever be stopped now with at least making more money than most people ever make? No. Yeah. No, if it's not real estate, it's something else. If it's not yeah. something else, it'll be something else. It's once, that simple. Yeah, once you get the principles yeah. down, you get it. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, a lot of our upbringing hardwired us to seek opportunity, right? So when we're kids, we're doing things maybe we shouldn't be doing. But opportunity, it's, it's in such abundance now, and there's so many ways to get it legitimately. Why would you ever scam? It makes no sense. Bro, I mean, could you imagine now if you were like 16 with the internet? Forget it. You'd be a fucking millionaire right I know. in school. I know. But I know. just a different time. I mean. Yeah. It is what it is. You're not, you're not doing too bad. Uh, Otherwise, but I do wish I could go back. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, dude, people who know me well, I even got it last week from a friend of mine. He's a yeah. very high ranking official in the, in the law enforcement field. Yeah. He's like, I got to give it to you. He's like, you know, it's just it's all so genius because I, I feel like you should have never been a cop. And I went, you know, this was my story. This is what I did. I'm glad that I can help in the way that I can. I'm glad that this mindset yeah. was taken from that into this because we really needed the help. But yeah, I think about that sometimes. Sure. If somebody would just put their arm around me at fucking 18 and would have said, hey, you work your ass. I was working eight hours a week. Mm -hmm. So I graduated high school, I had two full-time jobs. Right, right. Motherfuckers are going to college. I'm like, I hated college. I hated school. And I wanted to be a cop. And dude, you knew that it was crazy. Yeah. And, you know, getting a cop job at that time, I thought I'd hit the lottery. Yeah. I was like, man, I made it, bro. I bet. Right? I bet. I fucking, and I worked hard to get there. I went to my first police academy when I was 19. Yeah. I was driven. Um, I was patient there trying to get out, and then I went to my second one. I even moved to Washington, D.C., then moved to Georgia to go to uh, the academy, came back, and then came back here and went to a third academy. So I was committed. But nobody ever talked to me about money mm. or business or what your capabilities were because I don't think people realize that you could be capable of it. I remember my father saying a lot to me, like, my father would brag about other people's stuff. Yeah. But he would never say, like, you could have that too. He's like, oh, did you see fucking John's new Corvette? Ho, mm -hmm. ho, ho, right. the thing. See that guy's BMW? That's bad. Look at those houses. Must the be fucking nice. Hell. Yeah, yeah, must be. Could you imagine life like that? And, um, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead because I still want to go back into your story. But, yeah, dude, that was a very pivotal moment in my life when I met you guys in 2014. And I was like, it took me a while to believe it. 
Right. Because I just never thought yeah. there could be technology and stuff put sure. in place. But go back to telling the rest of your, you know, to telling your, your, your kind of the story because it leads into who you are and why we became friends and shit like that and yeah. or how we became friends. I don't know if it's why we became friends, but go back to now you're, you're 18, you're out of high school, let's say. Yep. What goes from here? Yep, out of high school. I was young for my grade. I, I graduated when I was 17. Me too. Yep, started Rutgers when I was 17. Um, I went to school, I think, I think I knocked out maybe five years, but at the same time when I turned 18, I got my real estate license. So I was bar- at first I was busting at Red Lobster because I always wanted – I had my hustles, which were like my side businesses, but then for the, t- the jobs I was punching a clock for, I wanted to be paid for my results and my effort, not for my time. So I was busting tables. I still remember I had like a 1985, like gold on gold, Cutlass Supreme that my Shit. grandfather gave me. Yeah. Wow. And it was the first day I made over hundred bucks in tips. I made $110. I don't know what, you know, how some shit just sticks with you. Like, I don't even know what I ate yesterday. But, like, there's these these moments in your life that you yeah. just never forget, and they seem so insignificant. Uh, but I remember making 110 bucks, jumping in my cutlass and calling my parents, and, like, you know what I mean? I was thrilled. Like, I couldn't believe it. Just kind of bragging, and they're always happy for me, you know? Um, so, yeah, so busting for two years, um, started at the bar as soon as I turned 18. More money, right? More hustle, work hard, all that stuff. Uh, my friend Zab will come in, tell me I'd be perfect in real estate, and he was telling me how much money he's making. That was basically it. He was coming in, eating lobster tails, right? Shit. Drinking scotch. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I was making, I was, I thought I was doing great. I was making like 1000 1200 a week, yeah, mostly cash, right, right? right? And it's like, this is what my parents make. Like, yes. you know, right? So you're like, fuck, I'm 18. You know, they're 30 years older than me and I'm already making what they're making. You know what I mean? So you kind of see what's possible. You open your mind and this guy will come in. I'll never forget two, two different occasions. One day he's like, I made 11 grand today. Wow. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Right. And then another time he's like, I made 27 grand this month. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so I went to real estate school. Right. So, <laughs> and, uh, the rest is history, man. I went there for three weeks, got my license, started selling homes my sophomore year of college. Um, and since then it, it's, it's all I've done. When did you disengage from college completely. Was there some strife with your parents when you did that? Were they pissed that you were leaving college? No, because at the point where I was leaving, so at the beginning, you hear all, it's not just your parents, right? And people could only give you advice from their perspective based on what they've experienced, right? So there's certain, you always want to make sure you're aware of who's giving you advice and if they're an expert in their field or if they should be giving advice on that. So growing up, we only know, right? Our parents punch a clock, steady pay, get a job, get married, go to college, right? All that stuff, um, which is all great advice. Um, but they want what's best for us. They want to protect us. They don't want to see us getting hurt, right? So they'll usually encourage us to take the secure road, the safer bet, not the road less traveled, not the riskier road. Um, so yeah, you got a lot of naysayers when you start doing your own thing, not just your parents, your friends, your, your other family. You know, people are going to tell you you're not going to get rich overnight. It's going to take forever. It's not for everybody. What if the market changes? What if rates go up? What if things aren't like they always were? Blah, 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 blah. You know, you could, I mean, you could what if yourself to death, right? So you just, you know, sometimes only, not sometimes, all the time, only you know what you're capable of, right? Like you could see that vision and you could go get it, but nobody else could see that path. You know what I mean? And even if we don't know the path and it's not clear, we know we'll figure it the fuck out, right? Like that's what I'm confident of. So we're going to hit roadblocks. We're going to stumble. There's going to be all types of things that hit you that you weren't um, prepared for or budgeted for, but you always figure it out, you know? And, and, And that was the journey, right? So just been 20 years of just pressing, doubling down, growing. Um, first few years were brutal, <laughs> yeah. brutal. My parents loaned me a lot of money and kept a ledger. And That's I remember right, this ledger. Dude, I remember this yeah. story, dude. Yeah. 
This is cool shit. I don't want to spend money on anything. Like, you know, my mom was like, you know, why don't you buy some more suits, buy this, buy that. Um, dude, I went into collections. I fucking, <laughs> it was so bad. I think I was probably 19. I financed the plasma TV from like fucking PC Richards or something. The payment was 90 bucks a month. I went three months past due. Wow. Fucked up my credit for like this flat screen that I wanted in my bedroom when I, when I was living with my parents. Um, so, it, I mean, it was rough. I was making all types of mistakes, but this was my only income. My first year in real estate, um, I didn't even clear seven grand, right? Second year, 13 grand. Third year, 27 grand. Right, right. So, I mean, the first few years were brutal. So, I got in the hole deep. Um, my parents would help subsidize whatever I needed money for. But again, nothing was given to me. I needed to pay it back, which is more than most people could even say for. So and it, it's what they could afford. And, and I'm thrilled they could do that, you know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I got in the hole with them to the tune of like 40-something thousand. And, you know, you're 20 years old, 21 years old. It's a lot of money. And I just chipped away at it, clawed my way out. Went from a mom-and-pop brokerage to the office that I'm at now. I remember having that conversation with my mom. And, of course, like, oh, it's a lot of money in rent, this and that. Are you sure? Um, but yeah, by the time I got out of college or stopped going, I think I had 110 credits under my belt. So I was right near graduating, but I made like 240 grand that year. Yeah, fuck right. That so, too. right. So at that point, my parents believed in me, right? So it's like, I feel like there's a fine line between like being an idiot and being a genius. You know, I'm not saying I'm a fucking genius. I'm just saying when you think you're going to do something, you're telling people they think you're fucking nuts, oh, right? Oh, right. They think yeah. you're crazy. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as you show them, they're like, holy shit, yep. this guy's on. What's to next something. for this guy? What's yeah. he going to do next? What's right, he right. up to? Yeah, yeah, then they start believing in you. Um, so yeah, so I mean that's the story. I mean obviously it's it's summed up and and uh, dumbed down, but dude, I remember. I, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember a story that your mom and dad loaned you a big amount of money. Maybe it was Dave. Okay. And it was like you guys like went for break. You were, it was going to work or you weren't. Was that yeah. a real story? I think I remember it correctly. Like were they giving you money for like Boomtown or something like that? Boomtown, we borrowed money from a friend. Okay. Yeah, you know, we went we went hard on that. That was a big expense, big risk. We borrowed money from him. And he helped us out, yeah. And then you guys were like, it was well, like- Well, helped us out. I mean, we paid him interest and all that stuff back, of course, but yeah. It's interesting that you talk about like that risk. I'm always putting my neck on the line. I mean- Yeah. That doesn't change. No. This goes back to the AC Vegas conversation when we started this podcast, right? And it's just my personality, you know? So I apply it here. It's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, now being into business, having some success, I look at this formula. I try to look at all my friends that have success- mm-hmm. Why a guy like you, of all the people I know, and I don't know a lot of successful people, I only know a handful, and when I say su- successful, something to be measured in results. Yeah. Um, success is, we're talking about a business here. You could be successful and be the best father in the world to your children. You could be successful and be the best husband to your wife, or the best wife to your husband. There's a lot of different definitions of success, but we're talking about business success. I'm talking about proof, mm-hmm. right? Clear as day. Sure. We know who you are, but knows who you are. Yeah. And I think about... Why do I think some people get close but never get that next level? Mm. And it typically goes between freelancers and, and business people. And I could be wrong. In 10 years, I can look back and say, oh, I didn't know what I was talking about. But to me, there's this formula and these certain ingredients that if you're missing one of these ingredients, you're probably not going to go much further. Even for me now, I'm like, all right, how do I go? F- Am I capable of going from where we're at now in the figures that we're making to like nine figures? Mm-hmm. How does a guy like me take street cop training and what we do here to a nine-figure company? What does that look like? Do I even have the ability? Do I have the know-how? How many more years do I got to stay in the trenches trying to figure this shit out? Because it's, it's constantly a puzzle piece. But what do you think about knowing that you have the kind of success that you have about those ingredients? When I say to you, what ingredients do you think people need to have to be successful? What are some of those things that come to your mind? And I'll tell you what one I think is, is – um, 
when you're done, one of the most important ingredients that most people can't find. Mm. But what do you think they are? I think hunger and uh, self-accountability. No matter what the outcome is, I blame myself, win or lose. Um, don't blame anybody else. Don't blame the government. Don't blame the competition. Don't blame my enemies, my friends. I mean, it's on me. Um, and always asking myself what I could do differently if I'm not getting the result that I want. So I think anybody that takes whatever they do to a high level just hasn't stopped, right? They failed a million times, right? They get beat up. They just keep going. Um, and I think the hunger fuels that. Um, and then I think the accountability then dials it in, right? So you don't give up. You realize that you're in full control. Whatever you want, it's on you. I'll give you the things that I wrote down, and I haven't put thought into this before we did this, but I put, mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you which one I know you have that a lot of people don't. Tell me. So I'll go with the first few. One is, for me, it's discipline. Um, for example, this weekend, I have four kids. I know that I have to be here on Sunday. Mm. Just that's the point of the, I'm at that stage where it's not luxurious enough for me yet to be able to not do that on a Sunday. Um, and, you know, I think that there's an argument for that to be made where people who probably have success still work Sundays. You probably mm -hmm. get people who are, you might say on Shark Tank, who are still ripping six, seven day weeks, work weeks. Right. So discipline's an important one. And that's, I'm not talking about other things, but high level discipline will return results. If you apply that to anything you're trying to do, going to the gym, eating correctly, um, you know, all those little decisions that you make. Do I go, last night, my best friend uh, happened to be at a bar mm -hmm. to see his friend. I was driving home. I said, I could swing by and surprise him. But I had to see my kids. I had to work today. Yeah. It was like 8.15 already. I'm mm -hmm. like, these kids are going to go to bed soon. They want to see their father. I had to make a choice. Sure. Go surprise my friend. Have a drink with him. Goof off. Or go home and be a dad. Because I know this Sunday, I've got to come to the office. I'm not going to see them. Right. Played hide and seek for an hour last night. Nice. It's fucking hysterical. I got videos. I'll show you. It sounds good. Hard work is an important one. I think that people don't realize how much work it takes and how much you can't be a bitch when you're tired. You got to dig deeper. Yeah. You know, often at times people say, you know, you're on the road, you're here, you're there, you're traveling between classes, you're knocking out 10 here, 10 hour classes here, you're on the road the next day, you're knocking another 10, then you're back on a plane on a red eye back home. But then the next day you're doing four podcast episodes. Yeah, man, that's the variable. Mm -hmm. Like if you want this stuff, if you want to at a very minimum have change and you have talent enough to make change and intelligence, which is my next one, to help this big picture, yeah, man, there's a lot of discipline and hard work involved with that. The next one I got to tell you, I think, is intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I'll preface it by saying this. I know people that are morons that make 350000 a year and they're complete twits. Mm -hmm. But that's the max level. That's them taking their discipline and hard work to the max and 350 is their max. And there's not a snicker at. Mm -hmm. But these dudes or girls are working their faces off. 12 hours a day, six days a week, and on the seventh day, they're doing a half a day. Mm. But if you really start to understand, you know, retirement, you could rip that for 10 years and be done, right? Think about that, right? Mm -hmm. you, you take 100,000 out of 350 to live on every year. You put two, let's call it 200,000 in the bank for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You got 10 million stacked, I'm sorry, 2 million stacked, and you take a, a comfortable interest dividend on it for what, 5%? You're good. You're set for life. It compounds. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking a yeah. hundred thousand. You can retire from twenty to thirty. Yep. And and make a hundred and ten, hundred fifteen thousand a year for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. and never have to work again. Okay. If you want to put those ten years in, people are like ten years is a long time. 
Nah, it goes like this, dude. Sure. I'm 41. You're fucking going to be 40 this year. I'm sick to my stomach about it. Yeah, no, it's okay, dude. You look <laughs> yeah, great, by so. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have to be sick to your stomach. It's really good, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised how amazing it is. Um, but this is the variable that I see holding most people back, even some of my successful friends that do make millions of dollars a year. Why are they not going to – this is the big one. And I'll also throw in with the discipline that – obsession with constant education mm. is, is a big one for me, but it's the balls, dude. Mm -hmm. Right? People don't got balls. They're terrified. I remember you said to me one time, because we were talking, and I was picking your brain uh -huh. earlier in my life, and I yeah. was like, you told me about ESPN, and I, you're like, I spent $100,000 on commercials for ESPN to find out it didn't work. Uh -huh. He's like, you willing to do You were like, yo, are you willing to do that? Yeah. And I was like, so I learned from that. I'm like, right. I get it, dude. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And I try to, and I, that's where people have to understand that when you're scared the most, that's where the biggest rewards are. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you got to try to make a good decision, but do you got a big set of balls? Yeah. You heard about the three Bs? No. No, you, no you're going to love this. Okay. So I learned this from, I uh, remember Howard in our office? Yeah. Yeah, 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 Howard. Um, he, had a lot of, he had a lot of wisdom. He's been in the business a long time, but he said, in order for someone to succeed, they need two out of the three Bs, doesn't matter which two. Balls, brains, or bucks. So if you have any combination of two of those, I think I started with the balls and the brains, right? Definitely didn't have the bucks. And then once you add the third B, it's game over. Forget it. Right? But you need at least two of the three Bs. Yeah, dude. You got to yep. have those. I mean, listen, intelligence is intelligence. <clears throat> There's a saying that I heard from Seth Godin, who's my favorite author. And he said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. No doubt. Unless, unless you're Jeff Bezos. Because mm. any room you go into yeah. as Jeff Bezos, you're always going to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm. So, but we're not Jeff Bezos. Yeah. And- you see that constant thing over the internet of like, you're the average, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Did you ever sure. go to the guy's, the guy's castle? You never did that, right? Not yet. Dan Pena? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's a trending one right now. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah. And you might look around and see your friends and be like, fuck, dude. Like, these are my fucking friends? Right. Well, no, they don't have to be. Your friends can be the people that are authors of these books. Absolutely. And, and podcasts. And you don't get to converse with them, but you get to listen. Yep. That's where I'm at, dude. Yep. I just, that's all I try to spend my time in. And, you know, it's funny because even when I brought up to uh, my wife about, like, you know, she's like, who are you, who do you think your best friends are? And I'm mm -hmm. like, really? Nobody. She's like, well, who do you like hanging out with? I'm like, Rob, mm -hmm. Jeremy, yeah. Ryan, for right. different reasons. Right. Ryan's one of my friends who is realizing now in life that he could have done a lot more. And he's coming out to his second career in a, in a few mm -hmm. years. And I think he's going to hit the gates running. Okay. Uh, which is cool because I'd rather learn it at 43 or 44 than yeah. I learned it at fucking, you know, I remember saying to a guy that I worked with, I wish I knew this shit earlier. He goes, sure. well, I found out about this when I was about 45. Yep. He goes, and you were 31 when you found out? I go, yeah. He goes, mm -hmm. I wish I was 31 when I found out. Yep. So I feel like I'm late to the game, but I'm glad I'm at the game. I can't change the past. We can't go back and dial it back. Yep. But tell me some of those other ballsy moves that you've made that, you know, Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sure. Do you think you make better choices rather than bad choices? No. Okay, I no make shit. terrible choices. <laughs> Every day. I don't mean in a personal life. <laughs> you no, know, business. I mean, I make terrible choices with everything all the time. So can we, before we go into the ballsy moves, kind of touch on some of the things you said? Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. So one, the one, the one, anytime I feel like I'm late to the game, I wish I learned this sooner. I wish I wish I never went to college. I wish I was on Reddit. I found out about fucking Bitcoin when it was pennies. I would have been, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All those like scenarios... One, they don't serve you, right? So when, you think, when you're living in the past, you usually live with regret. You're living in the future, it's anxiety and fear, right? So like being present is a big thing I've been working on. But the other thing I would say too is like, you know, when you have those feelings, I remind myself, 
Warren Buffett would switch places with you in a heartbeat, in a fucking heartbeat, right? Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't like you could be mopping the floors in this building. He'd switch places with you, right? Because the age and the time, no matter how much money he has, can't go back, right? So you're still in a so much better position than all the people that came ahead of you, you yeah. know? So that's what you got to look at. You're exactly where you should be right now. And everything you've experienced in life, everything you've done has put you here to prepare you for what's next, right? Some big and things just kind of lining up and uh, trying to stay away from the fear, trying to stay away from the anxiety and the regret and just live in the moment now. What can I do right now to, uh, to empower me to take me in the right direction? Um, as for the things that you're talking about, you're talking about uh, discipline, you're talking about hard work. Talking about all those things that you think are the ingredients, um, I challenge you a little bit on that because all of those things to me all go back to that why, right? And we've learned about that, right? Start with why, that book, you know, Simon all Sinek. that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Simon Sinek, that's right. It's about the why. So with a big enough why, you'll find the how. You know what I mean? And that's where you take the chances, the gambles, the risk, and things like that. But as long as you have that why that's fueling you, um, everything else falls into place. You find the hard work, you find the discipline, you find the intelligence. The intelligence comes from fucking up and being like, okay, that doesn't work, right? And then going back to the accountability, what can I do differently this time, right? And that's really what it was um, and is today. I don't think I'm that smart. I just think I'm that fucking stubborn. You know what I mean? Like I just don't stop. If there's something that I want, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna figure it out, right? Because I don't think anybody's that special. Right. If they did it, I could fucking do it, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how you do it. Right. So maybe a smarter guy is not going to screw up as much as I do. But I promise you, I screw up all the time. So let me ask you this. What's yeah. your why and has your why changed over the years? Uh, a big part of my why I think is going to be with me forever. And uh, and I don't think it'll ever change. I think I'm going to add more whys as time goes on. You know, maybe add the kids, the wife, whatever down the road when it when it happens. Um and then certainly like the contribution and the giving back and all that stuff. And that's big, big for my story. But I would say my foundational why is um, I have this feeling of uh, guilt that I owe my family. I feel like my family sacrificed so much for me, right? They came from Poland. My grandfather worked in a factory, right? Like just shitty jobs, grunt work, didn't speak the language. Um, and they did it for us to have a better future, right? So for me to be here and squander that opportunity, you know what I mean? I couldn't do it. Like that's what fucking would eat me alive inside, knowing that I'm capable of more and I fucking wasted it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All that sacrifice for me to have it easy, you know, that, that's the way I look at it. That guilt is just always going to be with me to keep pushing, make them proud and make it worth the risk they took. You know what I mean? The setbacks, they took all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting now for me, I think that my purpose has always been the same with different purposes peppered in. Like you said, I have the kids and all that shit yeah. now. But I know, as crazy as it sounds, and I'll tell you a quick story about that, that I can actually change how this whole thing's being done. Sure. And knowing that every minute I put time into it might be a minute that somebody's life is saved, mm -hmm. and that's police, civilian, anything like that, that... I don't feel like I'm under pressure. It's just that I understand the stuff that comes out of this office has significant waves throughout this country and throughout the world. And it's fucking nuts to say that. And you can't say that till you have some proof. And if you say it, people are gonna say you're nuts. And I'll tell you a story of the first time that happened. I started thinking about that when he started having some results and I'm like, God damn, this is crazy. Like we might actually change the world. I'll even share something with you, it's interesting. I'm like, mm -hmm. I wonder at like my fucking funeral if they're like, this guy changed the whole fucking thing. The, yeah. whole, the whole police work was fundamental in history books. 
along came this company, Street Cop yeah. Training. They yeah. changed how police work was done. Maybe it's, I don't know, dude. And people are listening to this going, oh, fuck this guy. They're doing it right now, I promise you. Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Da, 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 right? This is what people think. The guy okay. comes up to me in Texas. I'll never forget. It's yeah. probably six years ago or so, five years ago. And just catches me out of nowhere. He goes, can I just get you for a second? Mm-hmm. It's happened to me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, it's in class. So they're clear. You know, they're there. They have access to me. They want to ask questions. Anything I can do to help them. Um, and he said, what, is it, what does it feel like to know that you're changing the world? My response to him was, you know, dude, I think about that every single day. Mm-hmm. Except if you say that out loud, people are going to think you're fucking nuts. Right. And his response was, I know you're changing the world. He's like, and I think about that all the time. Amazing. And I finally got an opportunity to ask you because I don't know if I'll ever meet anybody else who's changing the world. Mm. He goes, I said, I think about it a lot. And I know there's a big responsibility, but I don't feel pressure from that responsibility. It's actually what drives me to show up here over and over again. And we've had instructors at this company who are like, man, it's hard. I'm on the road. These classes are tough. I'm trying to do it in between shifts, getting out somewhere, getting back, going back to work. Yeah. I'm like, look, man, this is how it works. It's hard, but it's worth it. And every so often, the good Lord will reward you. You're going to miss birthdays. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to miss some stupid shit like that, like like important things in your life. But there's also going to be financial reward and reward from other human beings. So you're going to sit around and go, I'm glad that I did this later Mm -hmm. on. I know it's hard now, but later on, you're going to be glad that you did this. I promise you that. Um, What were one of the most difficult things that you went through as far as, and we'll keep it to the business realm, mm. because obviously I've been friends with you for like uh, 20, you know, nine years now, coming up on, um, goes fast. Yeah, it does. What's one of the most devastating things you've had to endure, and I'll keep it in the professional sense, mm. um, and I, I always think about Dave telling me the story, like when he let like work start happening on a house before it closed and he got like a $15,000 fine or yeah, something. Yeah, shit. yeah, sure. It was an old bridge. I remember that. That house. was a good one. He's yeah, like, because yeah. he was like, bro, I fucking didn't uh-huh. know. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's how you learn, right? Sure. He said he was terrified, though. Yeah. It's just yeah. a scary thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But what, what was one of those things that you could think of right away? Oh, man. Um, I would probably say last year was tough. I mean, you know, we ran into a lot of issues. It's, you know, I've only had before last year one year where we didn't grow and we went backwards. That was 2010. Actually, I had a year I quit college. I bought two cars that year, a, Hummer, <laughs> a fucking H2 and an M6. I made 244, quit college, and I made 138 the next year. Ooh. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean, yeah, that's right? A good, that's a yeah. good lesson learned, though. That was terrifying. Would yeah. you ever let that happen again, you know? Uh, no. Yeah. No, definitely not. Me neither, But, dude. you know, it's you go through the evolution where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, when you first... There's like the, the, the stages when you're trying something new. Like at first it's like, can I do this? Can I just like fucking survive? You know what I mean? And then after that, can I thrive? And then after that, what can I do? You know what I mean? Above and beyond thriving to give back and contribute and things like that. Uh, no. So that was just kind of getting started. And, and I felt like I sacrificed so much. It was like, all right, it's time to treat myself to this and treat myself to that. Young and guy, you justify, cars, Yeah, right. you like, justify yeah. it. Yeah, of course. You can justify anything, especially when you're a salesperson, right? For I'm sure. always selling myself. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So what was the... Uh... Yeah, no, so last year, um, first year has to do layoffs. That was tough. Yeah. I mean, you know me, right? I did like, have a layoff yeah. last year, too. Yeah, it's brutal. First time I ever had to do it, but I you had no choice. I can't fire people. You have a hard time with it. It was awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate disappointing people. I hate upsetting people. I don't like confrontation. Um, I like giving. I, I'm, I just give, give, give. You know what I mean? And then it comes back. And it's not why I give. It's just my personality. I said that earlier. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fulfilling. It's rewarding. And that's one of my whys now, right? It's like the bigger I make in my life, the more I could contribute and give back. You know what I mean? That's the most rewarding thing for me. Um, but yeah, so I had to let some people go, but I waited till last minute. So I burned through cash. I, I mean, I felt like I fucking flew the plane basically like 
nosedived into a cliff and, and pulled up it, last yeah. minute. And I was asking my buddy about it. He's, he's really successful. Actually, I, I should probably have him come in here. I'll, I'll refer you. Really successful local guy. Grew up in Carteret right and now, you know, living big, right? Uh, he's like a big brother to me, man. Big inspiration. I have a few of these guys in my life that, uh, you know, people above you want to lift you up, right? They don't want to bring you down. Right. You know what I mean? Only people below you want to bring you down. So they're always helping me out. And I was like, dude, I did this. I did this. I like fucked my business up. Everything's because we have an inventory issue right now. That's the big problem, right? Coming out of Corona, not enough homes for sale. So we don't have enough transactions, right? So I was staffed up and I was marketed up for the revenue I used to generate, which isn't coming in anymore. But I, I, I kept up everything going until absolute last minute. until I had to cut because I was hopeful things would turn around and I was hopeful I didn't have to let people go. Um, so I asked my buddy, I was like, dude, I can't believe I did this. He's like, I've done it before. And the reason we do it is because we know we'll figure it out, right? Like we're worried about the other people who's, you know what I mean? They got kids to feed, they got bills to sure, pay, dude. they're punching a clock. Um, and this job means something to them. Uh, it means a lot to them, right? Um, he's like, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like we'll do it. And again, it's about, you know, you know me, I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. I know you're not too crazy about him, but I. I'm okay with it. I know yeah, he's made a lot of impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's yeah. huge for me. Huge yeah, for I get me. it. Yeah. Um, we have different guys, right? You got your guys. I got my guys. We all got our gurus that we yeah, follow, for sure, you know, and, and kind of resonate with our personalities and, and things like that. Um, but he teaches us that it's not about your resources. It's about your resourcefulness, right? You can start with nothing. And like I said, if it wasn't real estate, it'd be something else. We would figure it out. Yeah. You'll figure out ways to be scrappy and to evolve and, and to seek opportunity and to scale. So, Dude, 2022 kicked this company in the fucking balls. Yeah. Yeah, same. We got destroyed and right. it has nothing due to just outside things that were unpredictable. Yeah. And one of the things that's actually hurting us, but we're doing, you know, we're off to the races 23. Great. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, we also grew 18% last year, which is nuts in a time where there were so many variables smashing my face into a fucking puddle of dirt. Mm. And I was just like coming up for air gasping. They were just shoving my, the world yeah. just shoved my face back in that shit. Like you like that bitch. Right. And I'm like, do it again. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. going to get back up. You know, so it's just that resiliency. But sure. I have come to find recently, it's funny that you bring this up, that I talked to a few other people, two of my friends. Uh, one who owns a restaurant, you know who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, from. Yep. I don't want to say his name. Uh, and then another dude who owns, uh, I'm actually going to text him after this because I just connected with him. The reason I connected with him is because he put a post on Facebook about 2022, almost destroyed him. Mm -hmm. So everybody got their teeth kicked in in 2022. And I was telling everybody here, dude, we had to have layoffs. Mm -hmm. Same thing. The room you're sitting in now wasn't the podcast room. I was brought in here and told by like the three top staff here, like, hey, you're going to have no fucking money left. You are now blowing through your savings. Mm -hmm. You got to get rid of people. And I'm like, I can't, dude. I told these people the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then I had to sit down it's and tell brutal. five people you have to fucking leave. And then other people and other people. Dude, it was brutal. Yep. And they're pissed. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I, I have no more control over this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing I'm here, I'm working, I can't, I don't know what else to do. So I happen to go to a, um, I think I told you, it's a Frisella thing, a Frisella mm -hmm. and- yep. uh, and Arte? Yeah, Arte, their yeah. thing. Bro, he, like I was actually getting emotional during it because Ed Milet came out and he's like, how many people in this room are here today uh, because they've had success and everybody's looking at them and they like never anticipate not winning and now you're not winning at mm -hmm. the current moment. Yeah. And like half the room raise their hands. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm not the only one. Right. Right. And then he's like, Frisella comes out, somebody has a question, and Andy said, he's like, you know how many times in my fucking career, you know how he talks. Yep. That I didn't take a dollar out of this thing for 18, 20 months. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay, this is normal. Yep. Right? I didn't fucking know. 
and we get that comfort level of like, wow, we're having this and it's comfortable and and then all of a sudden you get kicked in the balls. Yeah. And you learned a lot of lessons this year. Yeah, I'll Absolutely. never allow myself and I don't live like a fucking crazy frivolous lifestyle. Right. But dude, I'll ne- thank God I was wise enough to stack some fucking bread. Mm. And I st- I stacked bread with the intention of God forbid. Sure. It was in an account making 5 6% return. But that was my bank account. Yeah. And dude, if I didn't have that discipline to not buy a fucking yacht, mm-hmm. And put that money in there because I owe it to every person who fucking works at this place. And dude, I got to tell you, I sat and I told these people over and over again who still believed me. Like, I'm telling you guys, if, if it's historically correct, as soon as the first quarter hits, we should be doing good. And, and like, we're not going to have these expenses next year because it's a one-time thing. We'll have expenses, but it shouldn't look like this. Uh, but we're good. We made 18. We, we just had more expenses. Net was low or zero. But gross was 18% higher. It only makes sense. And here's the things we're going to do for next year. We're going to build the infrastructure out more. And we have so much purpose to serve and all these people. And, dude, I got to tell you what I've been done with month one. It's January. What's today? 26th? 27th? 27th. And we're having record-setting numbers. And, you know, I kind of look around. I'm like, it's not I told you so. I'm like, you see? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I'm like, I. and by the way, guys, I'm thankful that I was right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just thankful. Like, cause I got to tell I wasn't biting nails. I'm just yeah. like, I'm thankful that history repeated itself. And on top of that, there was some bonus icing on the cake and we're good right now. Great. You know, so yep. yeah, man, like you, 2022 was rough. Man. Yeah. And people look at you going, here's this guy, right? Sure. Sure. That's that iceberg meme, right? Yeah. You just see the tip. Yeah. Well, yep. dude, you don't, and by the way, you don't know what's going on in Rob Dukansky's life. Right. Happens to me all the time. Of course. Still happening to you. Some of the, some of the hate you've endured and some sure. of the hate you endure now. Right. So I would say this, and this this has helped me deal with it because I'm I'm a very sensitive guy, very emotional. We talked about it. I cried this morning. I needed a good cry and went to go get a coffee, put on a song that was that meant a lot to me and just got out of my system. You know what I mean? Gotta get rid of it sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get it. Um it really bothered me, right? When we first started kind of like, you know, we started growing and people would hear our name and they'd see us, see us places. And, uh, and they would say things about us that obviously weren't true. They're just making assumptions, things like that. And it was always people that didn't know you, right? Because when they know you, they like you typically, right? right? But when they don't know you, they make up these stories. So another thing I learned from Robbins is that there's two ways to have the tallest building in town, right? You either build the tallest one or you knock down all the ones that are taller than yours, right? That's it. So it's just it, learning that it's human nature that if there's if somebody has something that you wanted living a certain way that you want to live right or they're doing things that the way you want to do um you could use it as inspiration right or you're going to bring them down to your level to make yourself feel better about what you haven't done or why you aren't there right and i'm guilty of it myself right like i mean i'll open instagram pull up dan bilzerian's you know instagram and i fucking hate my life you know what i mean <laughs> and it's like what am i doing you know, I right know. but oh my god this guy's probably a dick he's probably miserable he's probably right you're just making up these fucking stories and it's just the way our brains are wired, man. You know what I mean? It's nothing. It really is no, I don't take it as ill will towards me or anything like that. I just understand that it's human nature. It's just not the reality. Well, you know it's shallow, I mean? dude. I think that a lot of the things, I remember I asked you one time, dude. I have, you know, it's crazy. I'm sitting here. We're going we're gonna to have to do this again at some point because I have so, I don't know. It's so weird how many stories I have about you and Dave that I yeah. want to go into. Yeah. But I remember asking you. I'll come back. back. Yeah, we have to, bro. You know yeah, like that. next week, maybe. Sorry dude. for putting it off, man. I had the bronchitis. No, no, I don't yeah, give a yeah, fuck, yeah. dude. I'm glad you came yeah. down. 
Come by anytime. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying the Street Cop Podcast, do us a favor and go with, give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Tell a friend. We don't charge anything for the episodes. We appreciate your support. Check us out on any social platform by putting into the search bar, Street Cop Training. Give us a follow. We have a lot of free content coming out every single day that you might not catch here on the podcast, and it's important for you to be able to do your job more professionally, and we also entertain you as well. I feel like we could talk forever. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dude, I got so many stories. We know yeah. so many people, dude. We yeah. even though I don't see you a lot, there's a lot of stuff that we have together. No doubt. Um, I remember I said to you, I'm like, every time you buy one of your fucking fancy ass cars, uh-huh. does it ever feel the way you thought it would make you feel? Mm-hmm. And you responded, never, except for the Ferrari. And I said, well, why the Ferrari? And you said, because everywhere I go, it brings people joy to see it. Yeah. And that's rewarding. Yeah. Remember saying that to me? I do. I think about that, dude. And I do. If you look at my purchases and how I live my yeah. life, and you know, I guess the average person, like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. Wow, you have this. Why well, you have that? Is really anything for me? Even down to my gym that I built in my basement, is it really even for me? Right. Think about it. if you really go to the core of it. Is it as any of it for me at all? And it's not. And that's why when I buy things, I don't look for that high of like, how is it going to make me feel? I'm curious about how it's going to make other people feel. Yeah. You speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Because everything else, it's like you set these goals in life. Like this is the prize. If, you know, if I only had this, if I could only accomplish this, then right. This if then scenario, it's never true. Whatever you're telling yourself, if this, then that, I promise you, it's never fucking true because there is no destination. There's no, you know what I mean? No, I've arrived. Not when you're hungry anyway. I think there's people where the ego gets in the way a lot of times, right? And they get to a certain level. And they think who they are, mm-hmm. right? But the hungry people, the humble people, um, know there's so much more and so much more that could be had. And the people at the top, they're not selfish. They're not greedy. I mean, not the ones I know. They're the biggest givers ever. You know, I think one of the most selfish things you could do is not have enough to give back, right? Just to only scrape by and take care of yourself is selfish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not living a big life because there's so many people, people you employ, you overtip people, you take care of lives, you charity donations, things like that. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, the car story, um, for people that like cars, when they'd see one, it was like a gift for them. It felt like I was giving them a gift, right? Because how often do you see something like that? You know, not too often around not here. Not here, not around right, here. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So in, watching, in fucking, let's be clear, in West Palm Beach, Florida, it's a grocery runner. Of course, yeah. right, right, right. But not here. Um, so watching a kid's face light up or having somebody approach you when you go get gas or get food or whatever, want to sit in it, rev in it, take a picture with. I mean, it literally changes their, it doesn't change. I don't know if it changes their life. They'll never fucking forget it. That's for sure. You know what I mean? And I remember instances like that where it was meaningless to the person who shared that experience with me or helped me with something. But to me, it meant the world, you know, and that's the type of stuff that I get high on now, you know, overall, all the stuff that we buy, all the stuff that we get, I don't think those are the things that are the most valuable in life. It's meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's meaningless. And the only thing I can speak to that is like when I go to my conference, which is coming up in about 85 days mm. from the day of this recording, dude, I, I plant all these seeds and don't even think about it. Yeah. And I get to take a look at my crops. I've said this every, every time I talk about it. I can't wait to see the work that we've done and what it's meant to people. Yeah. So yeah, it's fucking really cool to feel like a celebrity um, to people. And you're like, why do people feel this way about me? And you got to accept it because you meant so much to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always try to emphasize this to you uh, of what you've done for my life. Uh, and it's a weird thing to accept a compliment because I know you and you don't accept compliments well. Right. But, dude, you've really changed my life. You know, And your brother, too. Thank you. Uh, divine intervention. Why I was 
I actually met you guys through some significant struggles. That's why mm. I was in some of the worst parts of my life. Sure. Dude, I had no perspective. I had no, I was not enlightened. Um, and I'm always, I think, in my mind trying to prove to you that I'm a different person now because I was such a fucking... For me, I would be somebody right now that I'd be like, oh, what an asshole that guy was. I get it. You know, I just was. You prove it through how you are. You know what I mean? You don't have to tell me the stories. You know what I mean? I see it. I mean, what you've done has been incredible. What you've accomplished, the growth, it's been un unreal. Thanks, dude. I, I appreciate it. I love seeing it. And then as far as like you always telling me, you know, how we change your life, things and things like that. My favorite part about that is you always including my brother. You know what I mean? He's not here any longer. Um, and uh, you including him, man, means the world to me. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not about me. Let's it's not about that. Let's not a fucking cry fest here. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't want to go there. We'll do that for the next one. We'll Sounds have to get good. tissues and because we'll fucking – I'm starting to get upset already. All right. Yeah, yeah. We won't talk about it. No, I, I, I would love to, but I, I – you know, uh, we're gonna, we'll go on for fucking 45 minutes on just that alone. Sure. Um, because even though, you know, I didn't know you guys for like – my whole life, uh, I enjoyed you guys, and your brother was always trying to get me to hang out. Like your dad would call me and mm -hmm. be like, "What are you doing? Right. What this house?" I'm like, "I got kids, bro. Uh, I can't come and drink with you, fuckers." Right. Like, <laughs> right. like when I moved to Millstone, I remember your, your brother called uh, me, and uh, yeah, we were in Millstone already. We had to be. So Frankie was born. It was close, but I remember like them being in like Freehold or some said somebody's house, like. And your brother's like, we got a pool here, bro. Just come. And I'm like, yeah. I have kids, right, guys. Right. Like, I, your father's like, tell them to fucking come. Right, right, right. Tell them to come. That's so them, yeah. Even though I didn't know you guys my whole life, uh, I adored your father and your brother tremendously. Um, you know, and, and we'll save it for the next podcast. Maybe we'll yeah. do this quite a few times. But sure. um, I guess we'll let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Unfortunately, Rob lost his father and his brother the same year. Uh, but... It hurt, dude, for me. And I didn't like you guys weren't like my cousins. You just like, like I just I just appreciated you guys so much as human beings. And and Dave was a fucking trip. Yeah, I actually want to tell one story because I wrote it right here, and I tell everybody I meet this story and why it changed my life about Dave because I think we owe it to him. I have a lot of questions on here. I guess I'll save them for 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 next time. Um, you said that. You had a guy coming into the bar at Red Lobster, and he was telling you that he made eleven grand in one day and twenty seven thousand right. in a month. Dave, yep. <laughs> in twenty, <laughs> you know, and you said him and I were much more alike uh, because of like the showmanship and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But uh, right. it was August of twenty fourteen. Yeah, it had twenty fourteen, and I was working late. I wasn't a cop. I mean, I was still a cop then, but I was in the office late. It was a summer night. And it's just me and your brother in the office, and we we're hanging out. And he like wanted to hold my wheel gun. I had a, I had a thirty eight special on my on my on my leg. Right. He's like, "Can I see it, bro?" Right. right. He used to love the cop shit. He wanted like, dude, I was taking for rides in the police car. What's that movie where like the kids are like shooting fucking beer cans <laughs> yeah, in the park yeah. a lot? The super bad or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's that's what your brother was yeah, like, yeah, bro. Yeah. He loved the police thing. Like <laughs> yeah. he was like like a ch every time I showed up in uniform uh -huh. for the police car, yeah. he's like, "Dude, is that the radio? Do you remember him acting like that? Uh -huh. He was yeah, fucking loved it, yeah. dude. He loved like he wanted to see the inside of the police." car this guy's got a bentley gt outside he's uh -huh. like can i see your fucking police car dude right i was like taking him for rides in it and shit yeah, yeah, yeah. so we were sitting in there and he had his feet up on the desk dude and he's like with his stuffy voice he's like yeah he's like i'm gonna make 130,000 this month uh -huh. and i'm like i'll never forget this dude it's a long it was a great conversation it was an hour i'm glad he gave me his time i learned so much from that dude he's five years younger than me yeah and bro i learned more from him my hand to god than anybody i've ever learned in my life really yeah because i think he was an open book and like wasn't afraid to, I like his peacocking allowed me to understand. Mm. And I think maybe subconsciously he wanted me to know. 
And sometimes when we try to tell people about things that we know, it sounds like we're peacocking and trying to show off. And I've been criticized for it by my wife. She's like, you know, you sounded like you're bragging. And I'm like, I want people to know, right? Because if, if it's somebody like me who needs to hear it, she's like, but people don't like hearing that shit. I'm like, I know, but there's going to be a guy one day who's going to say, you changed my life. And inspired, I, right? Yeah, dude. So, like, I get it. I know my audience. I won't even go down that road of what's possible. Mm. I've had a guy, I can tell you one story. A guy in my backyard, he's drinking a beer. He's like, yeah, this is, uh, he's, he's at a fucking one-year-old's birthday party or some shit. My, one of my kids is like yeah. one. It's two in the afternoon. He's fucking gassed on Coronas on a mm. Sunday in the summer, right? Yeah. Before I even built the backyard, it was just the backyard. He's sucking down Coronas. He's like, yeah, I can see myself like this. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, yeah, that's good. He goes, tomorrow I'm going to call you. We're going to talk business. And I went, dude. It's fucking, I swear, it's Sunday, it's Sunday at two o'clock. Right, right. You're six Coronas deep. You're gassed up. Yeah. And you want to talk business. Right. I go, do you see me with gassed up? It's, I, this is right. my part. I'm not even gassed up. Right. I go, you don't want to talk business. You're just drunk and having a moment because you like the way this feels. You have a kid now. You like this. I go, do you know what it takes to do this? Right. So stop fucking living in your, your alcohol-induced world. And if you ever really want to talk, I will give you my time. What I started doing is giving people book prescriptions. Finish these three books. When you're done with them, call me. I'm not going to sit here for two hours and give you my time. Sure. Here's three books. When you're done, call me. Then I'll, has, I'll sit down and give you an hour. Yep. Two people in fucking eight years have done that. Mm-hmm. So What are the books? Typically, most people, when they're that raw, I like them to learn about money first. Mm-hmm. So it's Kiyosaki. Yep. Um, it's it's the, the one yeah, book. The that, basics. Yeah, just the basic mm-hmm. stuff. Like what uh, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what the, yep. what the rich teach their kids about money. Yep. Um, I like to usually typically prescribe a Cardone book. Mm-hmm. I started with a book, but I think it's kind of like evolved where you can buy one of the other books. But like The Rule of 10X or yep. Be Obsessed or Be Average yep. would be a book that I would consider that you should listen to. Because if it speaks to you, you're going to come say back. that all the time, yeah. Yeah. And the third book, um, you know, it might be another Kiyosaki book. Uh, I haven't prescribed the books in a while. Actually, okay. the girl who left early that went to yeah. Boston, her boyfriend was the last one. Okay. And he finished them and came back in in like a month. Yeah. And uh, we sat back down. I'm like, what did you learn? He's like this. I'm like, it did change his life. He actually yeah. quit his job and went and got a better job. Is it going to be dramatic like the way I changed my life? No. But I remember mm. books changing my life and continue to change my life. But your brother said to me, I made 130000 this month. And I'm mm. like, you mean this year? He's like, no, this month. I'm like, mm. bullshit, dude. Fucking bullshit. He's like, no. And he started pulling out files. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's like in that. He was in the first office to the left when you walked in off of Mid yeah. Avenue. Yep. And he started going through. He's like, "No, I'm making 130." I'm like, "Dude, tell me how." And I'm like, "Fuck, dude." And I was like, "And I'm like," and I I had genuine questions. Yeah. And how he answered me was so inappropriately appropriate that it just changed my life. And I'm like, "Well, what do you do for like for like medical benefits?" And he like laughed. <laughs> right. <laughs> like just like you laughed, right? <laughs> so I was he's like, bro, he's like, I don't fucking think about benefits. He's like, who the fuck cares about benefits? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm like, what do you need like a tooth pulled or something like that? He's like, I fucking pay for it. <laughs> he's, he's like, what's the worst case scenario? I need a fucking he's like, what does it cost for a major surgery? 50 grand? He's like, so two weeks of work, I'm paying for the whole goddamn thing, and I get to pick the doctor I go to. And I'm right. like, holy shit. I'm like, right. hold my head, I'm like. Oh my God, I never thought of it, dude. Right. I'm like, what do you, he's like, he's like, you're scared of a job like mine and I'm scared of a job like yours. I'm like, what right. do you mean you're scared? He's like, 
every week you go to work knowing exactly what you're going to make. Mm-hmm. He's like, I never know what I'm going to make. And he's like, it probably makes you nuts, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's scary. He's like, I'm more scared of shit like that you're doing because mm-hmm. knowing that I could never have any more potential uh, and never make any more money. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Right, and this stuff's like sinking in and I'm like. Yeah, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. Yeah, 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 yeah mm-hmm. dude. And I'm just like, holy shit. And like, dude, we spent about an hour together and I just had more questions for him. He's like laughing in my face. <laughs> Right, like he was just like laid on. He's like, right. just be such a dick. Right, yeah. Uh, but he was right, dude. Uh-huh. And I remember starting like bring it up to other people that I knew who were not in business and we're not thinking like this. And I'm like, you ever think we're like selling ourselves short? And mm-hmm. they're like, no, why? And I'm like, I feel like we are. Right. I remember walking across where I lived in Matouch, walking across Main Street to the big houses, and I had Sal in the. That's when I knew you guys. So I had Sal in the fucking stroller. Yeah. And I forget walking up and down those streets. I'm taking for a walk, and. I was having a lot of thoughts about this stuff. I remember walking up and like looking around and I'm like, God damn it. And those at that time, it was like 2014. So the houses weren't, market wasn't crazy. Yeah. Those houses are like one, two, one, mm-hmm. one, eight, ninety, nine hundred. Now they're probably two and a half, right? Yeah, it's crazy now. Yeah. And um, I looked at those houses and I was like, man, I'm never gonna have a life like this. Like I'm just never gonna, you know, it's not a selfish thing. I'm just like, never gonna, I don't know anybody who lives like this. I don't know a cop that lives like this. I don't yeah. know anybody that lives like this. And I started thinking about that shit, dude. Um, you know, obviously, clearly, it's not why I left police work. I ended up getting hit by a car. But, you know, it was close in that time. It was actually right around that time. Or it may, actually, maybe I was actually injured at that point. Something like that. It was right around that same 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 time period. But I remember, like, um, a lot of that stuff I started thinking about. And I was just constantly picking his brain. One time, he was putting <laughs> – I'll tell this story, too. And I, I have more stories about him, dude, but he's – I want to hear. We were at the Borgata, and he was putting ten thousand dollars into the fucking black shack machine at the goddamn bar. Yeah, and he had this fucking stack of money, and I was mm-hmm. broke. You remember how broke I was? Sure. I was broke. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "What are you doing, dude?" He's like, "I'm playing blackjack." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Stupid question." <laughs> yeah, right. and I'm like, "What do you mean, dude? How much money is that?" He's like, "It's ten grand," and I'm like, "Dude, give me a hundred dollars." He's uh-huh. like, "Why?" I'm like, "Just give me a hundred dollars," and he like gave me a hundred bucks. He's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "This is like my whole night, dude. I can have a whole night on this." And he like kept putting the money in the machine, and um, and I was like, "This guy's fucking crazy." Yeah. And uh, fuck, I forgot what he. Oh, so I said, "How do you just put that kind of money into the machine?" And he's like, "And dude, I don't want to air your business," but he started talking about what you and him both made that year. Mm. And this dude's like, "I'm like, God damn it!" I just, dude, I just was like, "Man, I want to live like these guys." Right, I just want to live with this lifestyle of not thinking about it and just doing it and bringing all your friends along, bro. But dude, hearing that stuff was like, I dude, you just meant so much. I remember, I remember, it's like, you guys spending money the way you did, mm-hmm. and like having shoes that were like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Remember walking through Nordstroms for the first time when I started making mm-hmm. a little money, and seeing shoes for like five hundred bucks. Sure. And I'm like, fuck, who could spend money like this on five hundred dollars shoes? Mm-hmm. You know, like I would never, like I don't know if I'll ever live a life like this, and. Yeah. And I'm saying this not to brag, but like just to prove like of like what I believed in. And I'll tell you one thing before we finish, uh, if you have anything else to say to some of this stuff. But I remember going back years later and buying $500 pair of shoes, you know, like buying like... Um, Ferragamos? Uh, I didn't buy Ferragamos. I bought like um, Magnani's. Yeah. I was buying uh, To Boot New York's. Sure. Um, all the ones that, you know, and I'm like, Man, I can't believe this is like I'm buying this fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, like, don't forget, I had a real estate career. I was actually doing pretty good in real estate. I was fl- I was buying houses, holding. Rob was. I got so many good stories mm-hmm. about you, dude. When you fucking gave me that deal, and you're like, dude, it's your yeah. deal. Take yeah. it back. Sure. I needed it so bad, dude. Like I like 
believe me, I can never, I just can never repay you for what you've done for me. And um, it changed my life on so many levels, not just inspirationally. We got so many goddamn stories, dude. Yeah. But anyway, I, I'll probably remember it when we're done. But what else did you have before we fucking put <laughs> the kibosh in this? I got so much more to talk about. I feel like I can sit here for hours. I, I want to make sure people listen and get some value out of this because I know. I'm sure they probably got some already, but I want to kind of just kind of like tie up some things with you. Um, just some like concepts and like mindset principles. You know, you talked about, um, you know, you divine intervention or whatever it was crossing paths with us and learning um, and having that perspective shift. Right. I feel like everything in life is about perspective. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's all it is. Right. Like, how do you look at things? And, you know, what Dave said is exactly the way I feel is like. Uh, people think that you're fearless, you got balls, whatever, whatever people think, right? Um, it's about, you know, for us, the fear was not growing. Like for me, that's pain. For me, that's yes. failure is not growing, not moving forward, not doing better than I was doing yesterday, last year, whatever it was. So I want to make sure I'm going the right direction. Um, whereas other people, the focus is steady, complacent, secure, and neither one's right or wrong. It's a personality trait, right? There's different personality types. And most people do tend to be on the conservative side and want the security and they don't want, you know, the freedom and the possibility. That's a rare trait. And that's a conversation for another day about different types of people. Um, so yes, yeah, so I don't think it's right or wrong. It's just the way I'm wired. So I would say if you're wired like that and you're listening to this and let's say you don't have the friends, like we cross paths, but you don't have that circle wherever you're from, wherever you're living, Whoever is doing what you want to do has written a book, has a podcast, has a YouTube channel, right? Offers mentorship, offers coaching. So that's what I would do. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Um, leave the ego at the door. Know that somebody's done it before you, right? And maybe nobody's done this before you, but people have built businesses, oh, built sure. podcasts, right? So you could take those nuggets and then apply it to whatever it is that you want to pursue. Why pave the road if it's already been paved? Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to go down the paved road, just follow the footsteps that people That's have done. That's it. That's it. So yeah, like I said, check your ego at the door. You know what I mean? People will take a life's worth of work and condense it into an autobiography. Go read the fucking book, right? And that's what you're talking about—the books you teach them and things like that. Um, that's the shortcut to success. When I drive around, I mean, I don't—I listen to music sometimes, but it's usually podcasts, audiobooks, YouTube videos. Who gives you the most referrals for podcasts, audiobooks, and refer and YouTube videos? Who? You. Yeah, I, the most. The, you're the only person referring me. No shit. Stuff. Yeah, you know, you're the only person referring it. Um, and I'm back into that now. I okay, know so for, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna start sending you more I shit, fell dude. Off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, long story short, into it. You know what I mean? Like any knowledge that I, I just crave that I wanted I'm more. Addicted, bro. I was hungry. Can't I was stop. too. Yep. Then I had my brother, my dad. That fucked me off, right? Bro, fucked I up, understand that more yeah. than anything now from yep. what I've been through. And you yeah. know, I don't want to talk about it publicly. Yep. I understand it more now than yep. you know. And I, right. it, people don't get like what that'll do to you. Yeah. Oh, it'll fuck yeah. you up good. Yep. And then when you finally start getting better, you're like, whoa. Right. I was fucked up. Yep. Whole, and dude, you know, you just don't realize it when you're in it how Absolutely. fucked up you are. But at least now knowing what you've been through, yeah. you could at least say like, all right, hold on. Like, am I fucked up right now? Sure. You know, am I yeah. fucking acting crazy and doing yeah. crazy shit? Yeah. You're doing weird shit during that time? The weirdest. I know. Yeah. Dude. I mean, I thought, I knew I was losing my mind and I knew people thought I was crazy. Um, hallucinations. Oh, okay. I didn't get that yeah, crazy. Weird, man. Yeah. It was, it was fucking awful, dude. It was traumatizing. Oh, yeah. bro. You went through probably some of the worst things you'd ever had to go through. Yeah. And anybody had to endure in their life. Questioning everything. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Fucked up. Yep. It's a fucked up time, dude. So, you know, now I'm back, you know, past couple of years, kind of back to my old self. I'll never be the same, right? But it is what it is. And then talking about perspective, um, you know, coming from the angle that life happens for us, not to us, you know what I mean? What can I get from this? What are the benefits? What are the positives, you know? Um, 
and there's grace in those hard experiences. You know what I mean? There's always something that now you can apply, move forward, and improve your life, improve someone else's life, no matter how fucked up whatever you went through was. You know, there's some good that came out of it. Um, and it's a matter of using that good, right? There's like, there's that meme online with like, you know, two guys. I don't know if you saw this. It's like a cartoon. One guy's like a drunk. The other guy's like a, su a successful businessman. They asked both guys, why are you guys like this? And they both said, because my dad was a drunk, right? So you could use whatever your story is to justify why you are how you are, right? And you could use it to empower your life and to do better. Or you could use it as, uh, you know, as an excuse to, you know, not do anything with it. You know, the, the choice is yours at the end of the day. Mm, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I remember what I was going to say before, and I um, – once I started really trying to – I was really trying to dissect you and Dave. Okay. Constantly. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, like, what are these guys doing? Am I capable of this? Okay. I remember saying to Courtney one time, I was like, I don't think they're smarter than me. We're not. Right? You know, yeah. and, like, and I don't mean that in a sense that I felt I was more intelligent than you. I just of didn't course. think you were like – like, I was talking to Einstein. You weren't no. reinventing fucking physics. And I said, I think I'm as smart as they are. Right. And I would say to her, I'm like, so if I'm as smart as they are, that means I can do what they're doing. Absolutely. That's exactly what I thought. And I would look at you guys and say, like, how are these guys so good at what they do? And uh -huh. one of the things I, I knew about you is you guys were investing in yourselves a yeah. lot. Yeah. You were constantly educating, constantly going to yeah. seminars. And I was like, if that's what they're doing, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. That's what, when you said follow the path, that's what I saw. I remember telling uh, you guys with that guy, Terry Paranax. Yeah. I remember saying to Dave, I'm like, where are you guys going? He's like, yeah, it, uh, dude, I'll never forget this. Because uh, he was such a dick, and, but in such a funny way, I loved yeah. him. You know, I loved him so much. And him and I had something unique. I think. You know, first I, time we splurged for business class. Is really, that, that was the first time. First time, 2014. Yep. You know, I don't know if you noticed. I, I mean, I really had a thing with your brother. I loved I him know, so much. I you know. know, I really did. You guys uh, like two peas in a pod. I loved him, dude. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. so much fun with him. I was yeah. actually a little heartbroken when I left the team and I didn't see him as much. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, he kind of shunned me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I understood why. He was now. sensitive too. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say he was? Yeah. He wore his heart on his sleeve. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. So he was a little. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I remember saying that. I'm like, man, I, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can. And one thing that you guys said to me, and, and I'll finish with this unless you have anything else to say, is I remember Dave saying to me, he's like, you're a killer, bro. Mm hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, me and Rob talk about you all the time. Mm -hmm. You're a fucking killer. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're going to be a fucking killer. Yep. And I was like, you really think that? He's like, yeah, we know, bro. Mm -hmm. And so to be acknowledged by people that had success, and it was interesting for me to be an older guy than you guys were, mm -hmm. and you guys were recognizing me. I think, I think when I started coming up in business, you know, the beginning's hard, and you just believe in it, and people doubt you. Sure. I think I'm, Ill, I'm still trying to look for validation at times from mm -hmm. other people on my successes. I probably think unpacked it with my therapist a little bit, mm. but I, I do, I think I'm constantly seeking validation where I, like, I want people to recognize it. Like I am one of you, uh, even Jeremy, you know, in 2022, I had to start talking about strategies to, uh, access my funds. And I said, you know, Jeremy's very embarrassing. He comes on the podcast too to talk about like money and shit yeah. like that money management. I'm like, it's embarrassing for me to be considering myself in the same ballpark that you're in and, and in the same mindset, but to sit here and tell you that in, I need to access reserve funds mm -hmm. and figure out a strategy behind it. He's like, you know, because he's successful. Jeremy's mm -hmm. a fucking killer. Mm -hmm. uh, he does well. Right. Uh, you know, he's 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 a killer. He, he's he's a closed book. He doesn't talk about it. I've caught, and I don't do it because I'm curious. Like I'm not like, how much does he make? I gotta know. I'm like, how much does he make? Mm -hmm. I gotta know, so I know it's real. Re mm -hmm. It's reality. You know what I mean? Not that I'm playing this psychological game of like I'm trying to get where he's at. I'm just trying to put, get, gain a pulse of like he's doing this since he's 22. Mm -hmm. He's 41 now. What does it look like? What does a path look like? What's he doing right? What's he doing wrong? I want to know all of it. Not because I'm like into your business. Mm -hmm. I just want to know for my own like 
what what's reality? What's possible, dude? You showed me a number on your phone when we went to dinner one time about like uh, your investing, and cousins? I was like, yeah, cousins. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna say the number. And I was yeah. like, holy fuck, uh, right? Like, right. And I say that publicly because when that's your business, you've earned mm-hmm. it. I don't know if that embarrasses you at all. No, I mean, to me, it's like, I don't want to say meaningless, but I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like anything's possible. I don't think anything's crazy. And I definitely don't think what I've done is crazy. I think it's, fuck, I think I've totally fucking, like, underperformed with what I'm capable of. So yeah, yeah. I have, like, zero pride with shit. Like, I'm just, like, No, I know, up. but, like, like, for me, it, like, yeah. gave me perspective of, like, oh, okay, that's a possibility, right? And, like, I think everything well, is impossible you to you better, possible. I burned through most of it last year <laughs> trying to keep the fucking business alive. But I'll get it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll get it back. It right now. Same dude. shit. It is yeah. what it is. But that that validation, I'll never forget. That's what, dude, like, it's crazy. We weren't best friends Dave wasn't my best friend, but I loved him. I love you. And it meant so much to me what you guys did for me. And I don't think you even know, like, all these little things built up to what, like, validating me. Yeah. My phone father didn't believe. I remember telling sure. my father I was raking leaves in the backyard. And I said, uh, we were in the two family Matachi. Yep. And I said, yeah, Courtney and I are looking at, uh, at houses. Yeah. He goes, when's your timeline of moving? I uh-huh. go, I'd like to do it in the next year. And he goes, what are you thinking about spending? And I told him the, pro- the, yeah. the number. He goes, <laughs> yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. And I went in and I told her. I was like, you know what this motherfucker said? Mm. And, you know, it's my dad being from where he was, right? Like, that's how everybody is, right? And, bro, that chip, like, got on my shoulder. And, like, you know, the next year, we bought the house yep. that I live in now. And, yep. you know, for guys like us, come from where we come from. Yeah. yeah, guys like us come from where we come from. That's mm-hmm. a big deal, bro. A lot of people don't make it, right? You know, so that was the moment my father was like, you know, he was believing me, and I think he really started to be, you know, you tell me, like, I'm, you know, I'm real proud of you. And and, uh, we went to a Yankees game for his birthday. He was already experiencing dementia. I brought him, my brother, and my uncle to Yankee Stadium. I bought really nice seats. Mm -hmm. I paid for everything. Love it. Um, and he's like, ah, you don't got to pay. Let me buy the beers. And I'm like, dad, I made 21 grand today. Mm -hmm. And he put his arm, like, I never forget, like, he slapped me on the back. He's like, laughing like he couldn't believe like he just was in disbelief and he's like man he's like you're something else man he's like i gotta tell you like i just he's like i just sometimes i can't believe it but it took time for him to believe it my dad too yeah Yeah. yep oh your father's so proud of you dude yeah but he turned into my biggest fan you know oh he was he he was dude like he they showed you off like fucking nonstop. i i remember the first uh conference that me and my brother went to i think it was like 0708 to learn about guys that were doing at a big level that we want to get mentored by and uh, I still remember my dad's kitchen. He's making me food. And uh, I'm telling him we're going to go to this thing. And I kind of didn't want to tell him because they always want to find out how much everything is. They, they always think everything's a scam. Everyone's out to get you. Right. So it's always like, oh, what'd they get you for that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it was like 2400 bucks. I'll never forget because what are you out of your fucking mind? You know? Um, and, you know, from their vantage point and from what they've experienced, um, they didn't understand. They understood price. They didn't understand value. Right. right? Dude, what exactly. does that cost? Right. And when you're on this fixed income and whatever's coming in is coming in, you have to be conscious of how you spend it. Right. But the value that we got from that, the value that we've gotten from investing in the mindset and the tools and and the shortcuts, you know what I mean? Priceless. They pay dividends forever. You know, I know, dude, they pay dividends forever. Cheap is expensive, right? Yes, it is. It's a fucking Rob Dukansky line that I can't say that I made up. (laughs) I forgot to finish. Yeah. Is it your mother's line? It is. That's interesting. It's expensive. Yep. It's in people listening, cheap is expensive is probably one of the most profound things to live by. Yeah. So when you're making that decision, 
Do I go cheap or do I spend the extra money? Yeah. I'm telling you, spend the extra money. Don't be a fucking sure. idiot because you will pay in the long run. It's going to cost you more in the long it, run. It kind of tied into that, too. You talked about discipline, right? So just with that, I want to touch on, like, with the cheapest expensive and price cost versus value. Um, with the discipline thing, um, it's choose your hard. You know that line. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Choose your hard, right? Oh, yeah, dude. You want, you know, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret? You know, you got two choices. You know, both of them suck, right? Yeah. But how do you, you, you want to live your life? You know what I mean? You want to suck it up, do the hard work, work the fucking Sundays, you know, and, and put it in so you could have more and give more and do more, right? That's hard, too. And it's also hard not having anything, you know what I mean? And struggling and regretting everything, you know? So. Do you have the best lines? I remember <laughs> the cousins, you're like, I was like, I have problems, blah, uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it probably doesn't cater to this audience, but it's just, I want to give you guys insight yeah. of like how big thinkers think. You were like, you want rich people problems or poor people problems? Uh -huh. And I was like, fuck, you're right, dude. Right. 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 Like, yeah. you know, I'm like hissing, like, we lost 30 grand like this month and yeah. da da da. We're like, we're in this fucking lawyer. And you're like, yeah, it's cool. You want rich people problems or yeah. poor people problems? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has problems, right? I actually got this line from my uh, my ex girlfriend's dad. This, I'll, I'll never forget this. He's like, if you have a problem money could fix, then you don't have a problem. I was like, fuck, that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, we're stressing about last year, you know what I mean? Shit's going off the rails. We're spending more than it's coming in, and and we're going backwards and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, that shit comes back. You know what I mean? It comes back. Dude, you know how to get it. It's infinite. You just got to go get it, you know? That's right. Yeah. You know what, dude? So, like, when I have a bad year, I'm like, man, I got 55 more years of this shit. Yep. Right? Like, I'm going to come back yep. around and fucking crush this yep. thing. And, uh, you know, I just stay tenacious through the whole thing, and I... I forgot to finish the story about the Terry Paranick thing, and the guy's going. So That's I said right, to David, I go, where are you guys going? He goes, we're going to the uh, we're going to Canada yeah. to this guy's event. It's supposed to be a fucking game changer. Yeah. I go, what does it cost? He, and he said, it doesn't matter. You can't afford it anyway. And I went, but I still want to know, you fucking well, asshole. he was just being a dick. He didn't really mean that. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I wanted him to. Dude, I needed him to say that okay. to me. Yeah, yeah, No, it meant a lot. I wasn't mad at yeah, him for it. Yeah, he's a ball buster. Oh, I love it, dude. a long man. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, Let's not. Listen, he was the best. Yeah. Right? I don't, ha yeah. I don't have a fucking problem with your brother, like, no, ever. No, I know you don't. I don't want them thinking. Oh, no, no. It was yeah, funny. Yeah, he was yeah. like a ball breaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember saying to myself, you're right. I In my mind, I can't go to this thing for five fucking grand. Um, and I remember just a couple of years later going to Tony Robbins Business Mastery for 10000 yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm like, it wasn't like, ha ha. It was like, I'm here, man. I'm yeah. fucking spending this. I'm spending thousands. It was ten grand for that ticket yeah. just to go to the yeah. event. It wasn't the airfare. And I remember Courtney saying to me, she was like, you're going to spend 10000 on this conference? And I went, yeah. Yep. And she goes, you believe in it that much? I went, I do. Mm -hmm. And um, I got value from it in a different way. Yeah. I didn't get it from what it was meant. But I remember uh, I started getting – Doubtful about spending this 10000 bucks Because on day one, you could say you want your money back, they would give it back to you. Right. If you didn't find value. And he said, you know, Dennis, you might not find value at that event like you're typically supposed to, but I think you might find value in how they do things mm -hmm. and how they run conferences. I wasn't running conferences mm -hmm. at the time. Got it. He goes, and, and what it looks like. And, dude, you come to... You know, the street cop conference looks like a Robbins conference. No doubt. Today, we just had the fucking meeting with a guy. I'm like, I need lasers. I need fire. I need more fucking smoke. Not yeah. the smoke we had last time. I need fucking CO2 fucking the tubes. I want the crowd getting blasted from 20 different angles. Right. Like, I want fucking crazy shit. And, bro, like, motherfuckers are, like, salsa dancing on the brakes. And my like, it's what it yeah. looks like a Robbins thing. So, mm -hmm. although I didn't find value in what the principle, because it was bullshit principles, I got to be honest with you. Some yeah. of it was a complete crap. Maybe I was just a little bit further ahead yeah, I get it. than what they were offering there. And I, I'll tell you one last Dave story, and then we'll be done, because I think, I think we owe it to him. And it, and it has value Go to ahead. what you're saying yeah. about making money and making more money and how it is abundant when you understand that. 
Uh, but you got to work for it, guys. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't fucking easy. Right? You got you to put the time, energy, and effort in. So he owed me a few hundred bucks. And at the mm -hmm. time, I needed a lot. Of, I was broke, dude. I know people don't realize I had a really, I was really hard for fucking cash strapped yeah. bad seven, eight years ago. I was in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And you know that. I used sure. to tell you. Yep. I think he owed me like 600 bucks for like doing like some inspections and okay. shit. But I said, um, yeah, you get that 600 bucks that you owe me because I need it, dude. I wasn't doing it because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, if I, it was now, I'd be like, I don't fucking want the fucking six, dude, dude, give it to some. Go take that 600 bucks, go put it in the poor box at the church. Mm -hmm. uh, but I needed the money, dude. Sure. He needed groceries. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, and he was in his Bentley GT. Yeah. And um, he's like, come on. He's like, give me a minute. I'll bring you down a fucking street to the bank. And we pulled into the bank. He mm -hmm. stuck his card in the machine mm -hmm. and there was nothing in his bank account. Mm -hmm. He's like, yo, can you wait till like Friday? Mm -hmm. It was like a Wednesday. And yeah. I'm like, what do you mean, can I wait till fucking Friday? He's like, yeah, no. He's like, I don't have any money. I'm like, what about your savings? He's like, uh -huh. I have fucking savings. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, what are you talking about? He's, He's like, yeah. He's, He's like, I don't have any fucking money. He had like 30 bucks to his name. Yeah. Bro, I'm not, I'm in his $280,000 car yeah. with his fucking $10,000 outfit on. Right. And he's got like a Louis Vuitton piece of luggage in the back with like ten thousand dollars in cologne inside of it. Uh -huh. And he's like, I don't have any money. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, but I'm having closings on Friday. Yeah. And uh, I go, what do you mean? He goes, Yeah, I have like seventy six grand in here on Friday. Yeah. And I'm like, well, Are you fucking kidding me? Are you are you just fucking with me? He's like, Nah, dude, I don't have any money. He's like, Go to ask Rob to borrow it. I'm like, No, uh -huh. I gotta leave. I can't fucking. I can't sit around. He's like, Rob will give it to you. I'm like, uh -huh. No, no. So I said to him, How do you live your life like this? Yeah. And he made one of the most profound statements I ever heard in my life. And people, you know, take this conversation for what it is. Don't look into it like we're bragging here. We're trying to shed light on how the thoughts are of these high-level thinkers. And he said, uh, me and Rob both know we can always make more money. Because mm -hmm. once you know that, you don't worry about anything. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's interesting. I never mm -hmm. thought of it that way. He goes, yeah. yeah, he's like, dude, I might not have money today, but I don't have $76,000 at the end of the week. Yeah. He goes, and next week I got eight more closings. Uh -huh. And the following week I have more closings. And he's like, I'll have... Plenty of money. He's like, because I know how to make it. Yeah. He's like, and once you know how to make it, you never got to worry about it. Yeah. And that was a big dude. I'm telling you, this motherfucker was like 28. Yeah. He was 30 when he passed away. Yeah. Think of all the value I got from this kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just that, dude, all that stuff was really foundational for me to start changing my thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and that's how I behave. And that's, that's really contributes to, like, Frankie's like, damn, we need this for the podcast studio. I'm like, buy it. Yeah, of course. Right? He's like, the ship laps three grand. He bought like six extra boxes by accident, right? And uh, I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Right. Like, right? You know, if, we're, if this podcast is taking off like the way we thought it was, let's triple down on this motherfucker, yeah, right? Like, like, you got the best hand right now. Like, you start sliding your chips out. Absolutely. So you start fucking spending money on this shit. And dude, it was at a time in 2022. This guy came on in the worst fucking year of my career. Yeah. And I was like, bro, we don't have much money, but I'm well, whatever I can scrape together, we'll just start putting into this fucking podcast studio. Yeah. And that's what we did. I gave him the blessing to spend like three or five grand when I didn't have it at the yeah. time. You know, and, and I'm glad that we did, dude, because this sure. podcast has been a blessing. But even that, like thinking about what your brother said to me, like I'm like, all right, I know how to make money. Yeah. Right? And this business, just so we're clear, it's not about me just making money. Yeah. That's not what I do this for, and people mm -hmm. know that. Yep. But it is a business, and in order for it to be successful, it has to procure revenue. And people be surprised for how much I take out of it because I think most people would take a lot How more than I take. Say. Yeah, of course. I do the same thing. Dude, I take enough just to like right now. I'm like, okay, I have a good life. Yeah. Right? We don't have a private jet. Mm -hmm. We're not going to fucking Bali tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We're not going on a one-month hiatus to Europe and mm -hmm. blowing 150 grand. 
bro, my kids want to go down the shore. I can spend 200 bucks at the shore, yeah. right? I could be selfish, but what people have to understand when I do a business like this is like when we procure revenue, you'll notice that I reinvest it into the company yep. so we can reach more people. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you know how it is. I mean, there's times where you might be cash strapped, but you look at how much you've invested, right? Into the facility, into your education, into your people, right? Into your equipment, into your branding, your goodwill, your advertising. You know what I mean? Those are investments that'll pay you for a very long time, you know? But sometimes, yeah, you have those cash flow crunches and it is what it is. Yeah. You work your way through it. Oh, we can do this again. We didn't even start, bro. I'm telling you, me and the motherfucker didn't start. And every no, time we have dinner, together, I don't even know what we're talking about. I didn't know what we we're talking about, honestly. I just, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but every uh, time me and him have dinner, I'm like, this should be on a fucking pod. There's so much volleying back and forth. Yeah. I'm typically picking Rob's brain. I mean, that's typically how it goes. Yeah, you know, but me, you're picking my brain in a different way too, though. No doubt. There, to me, like when Dennis and Rob get to spend time together, just you and I. It's invaluable to me, dude, and it it's means the great. world to me. Yeah, no, I really do. Like, often enough, yeah. I know, dude, and I, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm chasing you, and I don't want you to feel like I'm always kind of just come hang out with me, come because everybody does that to you. It's not like that. They do it to me because they have to, right? Like if if it's someone I don't want to hang with, I'm gonna just you know what I mean, never respond. You know what I mean, or just blow them off forever. It's just kind of my like fly by the seat of my pants personality where I don't like being pinned down. I don't like committing to anything. This thing being on my calendar for a week freaked me the fuck out. You know what I mean? Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like knowing I have to do something. Again, talking about perspective. You know what I mean? Being pinned down, being forced, having a schedule and rituals. That's to me, that's terrifying. Do we just call you and tell you to come in one day? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You think a guy like this is like super fucking disciplined and fucking no, like in a schedule. No, what I do is, uh, I mean, you know, I delegate, like Liz ordered the bus. I delegate most of my life. You know what I mean? So those people are very disciplined and organized. Um, I'm You're more the thinker. you slob, right? You're the, I, yeah, but like the, the creative, like, the fucking, you know what I mean? I say slob in the sense that I heard Mark Cuban say that. He's like, I'm a fucking slob. Yeah. He's just, yeah, you're the creative dude. Right. They get, bro, uh, we had somebody in earlier this week, first time at the office. Yeah. They're like, your fucking desk is a mess. Yeah. And I'm like, it's actually not. This is actually pretty clean for uh, me. Yeah. Right? I have an obsession with whiteboards. Okay. I got to dump everything out of my brain onto these whiteboards and just leave it there because it's yeah. gold and I yeah. don't want it to ever disappear. Sure. I haven't looked at it in a year. They're just there um, because they just don't ever become a priority until I have nothing to do. Then I'll look at that board and pick something. But this, you're going to see it's psychopathic. It looks like a beautiful mind, the movie. You know, yeah, the guy's like yeah, writing yeah, on the boards, all sure. the crazy shit. People are like, you're just walking into my brain. Yeah. And I haven't even hung them yet. Yeah. And that same person who came to my office was like, you ever going to hang these whiteboards? And I'm like, no. I want to send you a picture of the whiteboard I have on the floor. Yeah, they're all on the floor, dude, in here. <laughs> yeah, they're all on the fucking floor, yeah. dude. So I, I don't do the whiteboard thing anymore, but I have my Josephine who fucking runs my life. She's unbelievable. I need one, dude. Yes, you do. I know. I got it. I'm, I, I'm there. You that will take you to the next level. I know. And I call Joe. Joe, I need this. I need this. I need this. And I tell her if it's a priority or not. And then she just executes and implements all the ideas and things I've been meaning to yeah, do. Yeah, dude. I'm, the, I'm actually, we have an ad on Indeed right now yeah, for a personal yeah, yeah. assistant. Yeah. I yeah. fucking need one bad. And Life people, changing. you know, and, but, but dude, here we are back again, right? People are like, oh, do you, is this another one of your things? No, it's not about that. Everybody thinks, that's somebody recently that I probably don't hang out with as much. And I was hoping it wouldn't remind me of why I don't hang out as much, but um, started pointing out my poor decisions mm -hmm. in life, mm -hmm. you know, and from a place where, very conservative living, mm -hmm. very 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 careful, very four hundred one k and deferred comp, and like that's how you're going to retire. And da -da -da, like you know, like I'm smirking about something else. Not yeah, that yeah. those are bad ideas. I'm just thinking about a story. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about me, or you have just another story in general. 
a story I want to tell you. Actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's coming up? Okay. So, so um, this is very recent, and I brought up the plane thing. Yeah, and the person responded with, "Oh, just like the RV thing, just like the trailer, just like this." And the response was, "You want to lose all your money again because the person's aware of my 2022." And um, instead of engaging, I just took some, uh, you know, I, I, I try to like think about like, where is this person at that they're saying things like that? Where, what kind of pain are they in? Who's, where's their butt getting kicked? You know, mm-hmm. and I just didn't engage with it. And, you know, I thought to myself, but there was no ever acknowledgement of like what we've built. This is a significant seven figure company in a very short period of time, right. um, going into eight figure land, hopefully mm-hmm. sooner than later. It's like signing the contract for Harris, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, remember I tell the story, I came home and Courtney said, I said, I was taking my shoes off. I sit on the, on the uh, just got the pen on my pants, but I was sitting, taking my shoes off. We have a step down into our living room. She was in the kitchen, and I said, uh, I signed a contract today for Harris. And she said, oh, yeah? I go for the conference we're going to do. And there was like a sense. I go, uh, I owe Harris $100,000 no matter what. And she looked over, and she's like, what do you mean you owe Harris $100,000? And she goes, people are going to come. I go, I don't know if anybody's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people are coming. Mm-hmm. And she went, so if nobody comes, you owe Harris hundred grand." I go, I probably owe them more, but I don't mm-hmm. even. I think it's a hundred thousand. It's probably more like a hundred and a quarter. Just now, as it sits, I'm a hundred grand. And she said, um, "What do you know about running a conference?" Mm-hmm. And my response was, "What have I known about doing anything?" And she went, "You're right." Right. And that's she just that confidence. She's just like, if anybody's gonna fucking do it, and dude, you know, it was nerve wracking to sign, yeah. but I'm like, fuck it, right? Like, it ain't gonna sink the whole ship. I can sure. always make this back. Yep. And dude, it was the best fucking five days of my professional career. Mm-hmm. I'm so addicted to it that, bro, I can't wait to this next conference where we're over, dude, we're, we're already over, way over where we were last year in enrollment. And now I think double, I think we're going to have 2,000 people at this conference Amazing. instead of 1,000, right? And people are like, this is like their thing they're looking forward to. And, you know, it just takes maybe some of those balls or that belief or yeah. maybe two guys saying that you're a killer and yeah. that's just stuck in my head somewhere, right? Like, that. just like, and, um, just believing in myself, and and it just goes to show you that once you believe in yourself and you start accomplishing some, some things, other people start to believe in you too. I didn't have to say anything more than that to explain myself. Yeah, the conversation that you're describing that you have with your friend is a conversation I have with my mom often. I hear about every mistake I've made, every fuck up I've made, and I don't hear about the good decisions often enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I get it, and uh, I'm not saying fucking anybody should feel bad for me or anything. I'm just trying to make the point that. When you're on a path and you're, you have a mission and you know what you're capable of, you will, you will always have naysayers and you'll have doubters and have people pointing out the flaws. And uh, you just got to have the blinders on. You know what I mean? Got to shut the noise out, That's dude. it. Tunnel vision and you know what you, you, know you got to do and you know what you can do. You I know? told people here not too long ago, I said, um, I've got to stop listening to all of you as much. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that's fucked up. I go, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear you, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to listen to all of you that much. I have to try. And there was actually a, a trending thing by Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. If you actually catch that clip, he's like, I, I had it. to get to – you've seen it, right? Have you seen it? He goes, I had to get to a point where I had to trust me yeah. and not listen to anybody but myself and yeah. trust the things that I'm – and trust that I was going to make good calls and good I decisions. But, dude, you look at a guy like that, like, yeah, he's had some troubling past. Yeah. But, dude, you can't knock the motherfucker has been in significant – I mean, he's one of the one of human beings that are in mainstream cinema. Mm-hmm. So that alone is a huge win. Sure. So you got to – people don't understand what this dude's story would have been. And I'm not saying 
you know, people, I just when I see these celebrities going off the deep end, I'm like, I get it. Now yeah, I get course. it. Now I understand what right. the fuck you're kind of pressure on because you're letting the noise in. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I don't, I don't let the noise in, and, and they were a little offended. But I'm like, guys, I'm telling you. I know that 90% of the time I'm making good calls. Yeah. And we just can't sit here and fucking harp on the 10 percenters. Mm -hmm. And Brad's brought to my knees this year. Yeah. Right? I, and, and I fucking, I told myself over and over again, I refuse to give up. I right. will not fucking allow it. And dude, it, it, it hit me in, in the place that I didn't think anybody could hit me. Like they, they got into the, like the world got into the dojo, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that sacred space was infiltrated yeah. and, and the army came in and, and it fucking destroyed my palace. Mm -hmm. And I had to look around and be like, all right, this palace is fucking wrecked. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna build a new palace. Yeah. Right. But some people look at that and go, what am I gonna do now? It's like if, if my house fucking burnt, I'd be like, on Zillow, looking for our next fucking plot of land to build something bigger and better. Yeah, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the kind of that's that's the mentality. I and mean, if people listen to this podcast and heard it any differently than what it was meant to be, which mm -hmm. was a good conversation between people who might display characteristics or reveal their mindsets, because if you're looking to have success, this is how we think. Nobody here's bragging. Just so we're clear, this wasn't a brag session. This was just an interesting conversation of how. Some people came from nothing. And you always hear that thing like, right? Like, uh, if you could do it, I could do it. Huh? How fucking true is that, dude? It's the ultimate truth. It's crazy. We're all the fucking same. We're all the same. You know? It's true. Yeah. This is badass. All right, we get Frankie the fuck out of here. Yeah. All right, dude, we'll do it again. Guys, if you're in an area where you're trying to get to our classes, but we're not close to you, Fret not. We actually have on-demand training at streetcop.com. You can take that course online right now, and then you could attend that training in the future at no additional cost. You can redeem your voucher. So you get two for the price of one. We don't want to deny you the ability to take this training now, especially knowing that it can keep you safe at a very minimum, putting bad guys in jail where they belong, and at the maximum, going home to your family. Check out streetcop.com for that offer.